When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ahead on Believe in Steelers. We get the NFL Madden cover athlete today, Ike, and also Damar Hamlin back on the field for the Buffalo Bills. Good morning and welcome in. I'm Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion, 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers and a Pittsburgh Steelers scout, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, good morning. I hope you are well. See you're back from South Bend, Indiana. You're visiting right. Notre Dame. We'll talk about that on today's show as well. It's good to see your face. It's good to see your face. Mark, I haven't seen you in a while. Um, this past couple of weeks been very busy, but very busy in a good way. But yeah, let's let's get to talking football, especially about the Pittsburgh Steelers, whenever you're ready. All right, Ike, the dust has settled so so far. What's been a great offseason for the Steelers. Omar Khan has been very aggressive. I call it the wrath of Khan. You call it a Khan artist. Uh, but what I want to talk about today is what, in your opinion, has been the Steelers' best offseason move? I'll share mine afterwards, but the floor is yours, Ike Taylor. Um, I would probably have to go with Allen Robinson. Uh, getting a guy like Allen coming from the L.A. Rams, uh, you, you, you need a veteran guy, especially that statue. Um, what I mean, 6'4", 230, who's been around, went to Penn State, understand what the weather's like, um, understand some kind of history when you want to, when you want to talk about being a Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, a grown-up in the building, in that wide receiver room. Um, a no-nonsense guy, a guy who can go from inside to out, what I mean by that, from the X to Y to the Z position. Um, a guy who don't mind getting dirty in that slot because he's a grown man. But um, I think that would help Kenny well. I think that would help Deontay well. I think it will open the offense up for Kenny Pickett as well, along with his new tight ends between Darnell and, and, and Pat. So for me, that offseason move, um, collecting Allen Robinson was a move for a veteran presence in that in that wide receiver room and a guy who can get low down and dirty whenever you need to and, and, and knows what it is to play in cold weather. But I think for me more, um, having a George Pickens, a young George Pickens, his second year going on his second year, Having a guy like Allen Robinson, who's been around the league, who's super savvy, super savvy, um, it's going to be big for that wide receiver room. Um, not only he's going to play, but he also can be coach on the field as well. Yeah, and his contract situation as well, Ike, where the Steelers aren't paying most of the bill and it's a prove-it season. The Steelers could try to renegotiate after the year. Very savvy by Omar Khan. And you mentioned getting a veteran in the room. I'm right. excited to see what Allen Robinson could do with more consistent quarterback play. Now, right. when Robinson was with the Jags, they cycled in and out of quarterbacks. Now, he had really one good year with Trubisky in which the Bears right. went on a playoff run. Trubisky was back and forth, and that's part of the reason why Trubisky goes to the Bills and now is with the Steelers. 
if it was consistent there, he would still be the starter in Chicago. So I'm excited to see what Robinson can do. And you say, well, why didn't it work out with the Rams? Matt Stafford wasn't healthy last season for right. LA in the Rams title defense and trying to defend your Super Bowl title. They didn't even make the playoffs. So I'm excited to see what he can do when there are other talented receivers around him and that he's not going to get bracketed because you have Deontay Johnson, you have George Pickens, you have a whole plethora of tight ends. So I can't wait to see what he can do. I can't wait to see how that also challenges Calvin Austin, the third to up his game, because if you're not up to snuff, I mean, those are three really good receivers that have played at a high level in this league in Allen Robinson, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. And so to get on the field, Calvin Austin III is going to have to prove himself as well. Uh, I think there's a very good pick, Ike, in Allen Robinson. Yeah, he's a tone setter, you know. Um, when you see him in person, it's like he looks like a tight end. I mean, 6'4", 230 mark. And you, that, 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 that was very impressive when I saw him. I said, dang, AR, I didn't know, you know, you were 6'4", 225, 230, bro. Like, man, it's going to be hell. Um, somebody who's trying to guard you or you blocking somebody, one or two. So that's how I looked at it when I saw him. And, you know, the, if you if you just, other than Deontay and Calvin, um, Deontay, if you ask most of the corners in the NFL, they say he might be one of the savviest route runners in the NFL. Cause, so he's going to stay getting open. Um, George Pickens, he's just going to be open by default because that's what God asked him to do, be an alien at a wide receiver, get open whenever you want to. Um, but when you have a Darnell, when you have a Pat Fairmouth, and you get another power forward. So you got three power forwards if you want to look at it, between the two tight ends, Pat and Darnell and Allen Robinson. So by the end of the day, pretty much everybody can get open whenever they want to. So that's exactly how I look at AR when it comes down to that position um, and how unique. It's going to be interesting to see what Matt Canada do because he have a lot of weapons. I can't wait to see what George Pickens can do as well, Ike, because he's going to be able to learn yet again from Deontay, but also from Allen Robinson and that George Pickens success last season came on go routes where go right. deep, make a play one-on-one. -on -one. Now you get into the intricacies of, Hey, here's how to run a route. Here's how to run this specific right. route against this specific coverage. He can learn from the other veterans, not just Deontay Johnson, but Allen Robinson's presence should help George Pickens develop as a receiver as well in terms of the intricacies of the position. Yeah, for me, I just think, um, I mean, as a as an OC, when I got them kind of weapons, um, really, I'm just dictating um, what I want to do. I can use every weapon I want to. Two tight ends. Uh, I got a running back. I got three receivers. Really, I got four if you want to include. Calvin Austin the third. Um, and to be honest with you, they've been saying, just looking at reports, Calvin Austin the third been having a heck of an OTAs um, for the most part. He's really he's really been doing this thing. So he's he's getting back to his full three-something speed. Whenever he do, that's going to be another weapon. But that's, from a front office standpoint, Mark, that's exactly what you want. Um, you don't whine. You just try to get that quarterback as many weapons as possible, and you try to get that OC as many weapons as possible. And, and let them figure out game to game um, who they want to attack and when they want to attack them. Yeah, and if Akeem Butler can be a bully as well, the XFL standout. So there's yet another option the Steelers right, have right, right. receiver position. And I get giddy 
looking at his XFL highlights. Like, yeah, Akeem did his thing. I watched Akeem a few games. He was doing his thing. Another big range of power forward. I mean, that's that's he's he's Allen Robinson. Um, similarity in body in, in body types. So when you when you see that, you like, dang. I mean, I mean, Kenny. Kenny got some weapons, man. Like it's for me just sitting back and just looking at it. And now that I'm in the front office, Mark, it's just like, this is exactly what you want to do. You want to get your quarterback as many weapons, or you want to get your and your OC as many weapons as possible on offense. So um, I think the ties is turning. Uh, I mean, you saw what they did on defense. They got Pat Pete, another veteran guy. So Pat Pete is to the to the DBs like Allen Robinson to the mm-hmm. receivers. Mm-hmm. You know, just a very savvy um, veteran cornerback since he stepped into the league. All he's been doing is making plays and going to Pro Bowl. So, it, and then you get two young, two young cornerbacks, and 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 Joy Porter Jr. Hang on, Ike. Hang on, Ike. You're stealing some of my thunder here. Hang on, hang on. My Please bad. hold this thought. Please hold this thought. My bad. We do need to take a quick break because I do want to get to my best move really quickly. We got to tell the listeners and viewers about betonline.ag. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Ike, but uh, if you want to place a bet on any of the sports action, NBA finals, Stanley Cup finals, uh, over-unders for win totals, betonline.ag is the place to do it, Ike. 24-7-365, regardless on what sport it is. um, I just saw uh, the merge of PGA and LIV merge with the Mm -hmm. golf, and so Y'all go ahead and put that in, put that in there too. So whenever y'all are just looking forward to placing any bet, man, make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. Okay. So use our promo code believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. You can see that on your screen right now. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, I will continue this conversation. I apologize. But the defensive side of the ball with the DBs, Patrick Peterson, Joey Porter Jr. with the 30-second pick. Uh-huh. My pick is similar to that. Please finish your thought. I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but no, we had, I, I kind of cheated for my best offseason move. So I'm sorry. The no, floor is yours to, again, we, Ike. No, we had to pay some bills, you know. So sure. we got to pay the bills. We got to bet online.ag. That's exactly <laughs> what we got to do. But yeah, just just on the flip side, on the defensive side, you know, we were just talking about Pat Peterson and his veteran savvy leadership and what he brings to the table, especially with a young um, secondary. And, and, and Joey Porter Jr. So we shall see. And it's, it's been some more good news coming out of camp. You know, I think Coach T or the team had nicknamed the two the two corners avatars. I mean, when you 6'2", 6'3", and you, and you got a wingspan or whatever, you know, um, that's, that's what you love to see, especially going in this AFC North division. When you go right to the left of you from Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, you, you know, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, you know, them, 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 them some pretty big humans, some savvy, some real good. That's that might be the best trio so far up to date. And you need a secondary who who can run, who tall enough. And and that's that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers have. You know, when you're drafting, you're drafting for uh your division, because you gotta play guys twice in that division. Um, so yeah, on the on the flip side, Pat Pete gonna be a a huge a huge, a huge presence in that room and on the field. Yeah, Ike, I look at what the Ravens did as well in signing OBJ, 
Nelson Aguilar in the draft. Uh, Zay right. Flowers, their first round pick. They got a receiver. So right. matching up against Baltimore, not just Cincinnati. Then over in Cleveland, Amari Cooper is no slouch either. So how do you Correct. slow down those star receivers that are in your own division, teams that you're going to face at least twice? And I say that considering you could play these teams potentially in the playoffs as well. It's a great rubber match when you see a division opponent three times a season. It's something you have experience with as a player, right? Now, I kind of cheated, and this is where Petty Mark comes out a little bit. I love the the addition of Broderick Jones trading up to number 14 in the draft because you prevent the Jets from selecting him. So what? there's an old slogan, right, where the enemy of my enemy is a friend. Bill Belichick and the Patriots did the Steelers a solid in saying, hey, we'll take 17, you can get 14, you can get Kenny Pickett, a bodyguard. I was there, live in person. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, I mean, Mark, you hit it on the head. Um, <laughs> when your enemy damn near become your friend. And by the end of the day, man, this is just business. And this is what we're doing. So that swap for a swap was perfect for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots. And when I saw the chess move by, uh, by o, Omar Khan, I said, oh, Lord. Have mercy, like he 10 steps ahead of me because this chess move would start out, you know, <laughs> days in advance. So he was looking at every scenario depending on who was where on that board. And uh, when I saw that chess move, when I saw O, you know, make that call, I was like, oh my Lord. And then when I saw why he made that call, like, okay, Aaron Rodgers, Jets need an offensive lineman. AFC East, Jets, New England Patriots. Now nah, we're not about to let that happen. Let me let me go on and give Belichick and Kraft and then New England organization the call. And it was like, yeah. I mean, no hezzy from nobody. <laughs> it was like, it was like everybody was on the same page. New England glad that Pittsburgh called them. Pittsburgh glad that New England picked up on the first ring. <laughs> That's exactly how it went down, Mark. Well, here's the thing, too. So the Steelers get their first offensive lineman selected in the first or second round since David DeCastro back right. in 2012. First bookend since Jermaine Stevens in 1996 for the Steelers in the first round, in the first round. So you help Kenny Pickett and company. And then, oh, by the way, Broderick Jones gets to play with his college teammates and George Pickens and agent zero again darnell washington like how awesome is this gonna be where it's just like oh is this the george bulldogs no 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 it's the pittsburgh steelers so there's gonna be that familiarity as well i could keep going too here i as well because had the steelers selected joey porter jr at 17 i think everyone would have been cool with it but then he falls in the draft and you get him at 32 so it's the repercussions and the ripple effects of not just selecting Broderick Jones at 14, but the ripple effect in the better value that you get Joey Porter Jr. with the very first selection in the second round, that pick coming over from the Bears for the Chase Claypool trade. So you're bringing in Joey Porter Jr. who's going to have a chip on his shoulder because he probably felt like he was the best corner in this draft. And you get him at 32 
instead of with a mid first round pick. So it's not really just the Broderick Jones selection. It's what happened as a result of all of that as well. Like, I mean, the NFL said 32 on the second day, but I mean, 32 is still the first round draft pick technically. So, I mean, you get, you get exactly your want and your need in two picks um, in the first round down there. If you want to look at it that way, that usually don't happen, especially when you don't have a lot of picks. So say, um, but yeah, uh, O did his thing in a, in a, during the season and it started off with a trade for Chase Claypool getting that 32nd pick for the uh, Chicago Bears. So that, that kicked off, that kicked off everything. So um, just put, just to put things in perspective, um, I think, you know, Peasy or Joey Porter Sr., he said it best, you're getting a pissed off corner, you know, and, and that's exactly what you want. Um, him thinking that he was going to go early, I'm so glad, uh, so glad he didn't. Uh, he landed exactly where he needed to land, and he got that call sitting at home, and Pittsburgh has always been his home, and Wexford, PA, and he ain't going nowhere. So um, the good thing about it, he grew up around all of this goodness. And what I mean by that, Super Bowls, locker room, uh, ball boy, equipment manager. He was, he was once one of those guys in that locker. And now he has a locker in that locker room uh, being a Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's just a unique story. Mark uh, playing with his dad, watching uh, JP Jr. grow up. And now, I mean, what, what are the odds? I was in his locker room as a kid. Now I'm in his locker room as a player, you know? So what are the odds somebody can say that? And, but we have Joy Porter Jr. So mm-hmm. there we go. That Friday night, the Steelers drafted him too. I love how he was just like, yeah, we're going to do the news conference tonight. I'm driving to the facility. Usually it's like, oh, well, we'll get you on a plane or we'll wait till the next day. No, 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 no. Friday night, we're, we're going to TCB and that's taking care of business. Like, Yeah, they ain't nothing, they ain't nothing but a 30-minute drive. So, <laughs> I mean, he, I, yeah. think he got there, I think he got there in 20. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he took that express. He took that express lane, that toll, that toll lane, and he just, he just hit the gas. But um, man, it's it's just good. It's just good to have him. Um, the way the way it unfolded, Mark, and he high expectations because, you know, you you you, you're going into the draft. It's a lot of hype. You know, and, and it's it's predictions and you, you just look at it like and you sitting in that room and your name don't get called. It's a long day for them first rounders. It's a long day, Mark. A long day for them first rounders. It's a hell of a week. It's a great experience, but it's a long day for them. And I can only imagine uh not getting your name called, but yeah. from but from a player's perspective. And we was talking about this at the cigar lounge. Uh, I don't want to go in the first round. That's a lot of pressure. Second, second round me all the way down. Just sec, sec, second round me all the way down. That first round, if you're not going to the organization, a good organization, that's a lot of pressure. That's 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 a lot of pressure. So, uh, and that's how I looked at it. I'm like, he damn near in the first round. 
but really ain't no pressure if you if you think about it. So, and I have a son, and I and I'm just selfishly speaking as a dad. You know, I don't know where he gonna go. I don't know what the good man what's in store for him. But uh, second second round me. If I can do all, if I can do it over with, and I win the fourth, so you know it won't no expectations for me. Mm-hmm. Second round wasn't even a thought on a lot of boards, but I'm just looking at that pressure. You got to be built different to go in that first round. You have to. So I do tip my hat off to all the kids because I felt the pressure, and I'm just sitting in the room. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine. Um, I don't think them kids are feeling the pressure. They just going through the moment. They living out their dream. It's a game changing. It's a life changing. Uh, when your name do get called and get picked, um, not only for the NFL draft, but just in general for that first round. But when you go to an organization, uh, either you're gonna second half me in that first in that first round, because after the 18th pick, you know, we're talking about playoff teams. So you're just gonna be part of the missing piece to the puzzle. That's how I look at it. But from that, that that one through 15, if you ain't going to a good organization, it's tough on the mentals. It's tough yeah. on the mentals. Like, I know it's a quarterback league, but I think there's only a handful of quarterbacks. And we, if, if it was an exact science, teams would have a lot greater success in drafting quarterbacks. Right. Organizational fit, and I think coaching goes into that. I think you know personnel to a certain extent point. Like, my point being... There's only so many Peyton Manning, Joe Burrow, Andrew Luck, John Elway types that the moment they're drafted, it completely flips an organization. By and large, I think prospects, whether they succeed or not, a lot of that's not even in their own individual hands. Correct. 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 That's just my opinion. That's just my opinion, Ike. No, you're right, Mark. Like, it's a lot of scenarios when you're talking about the top the top 15 picks. I mean, the organization you got to look at. You got to look at the coaching staff. You got to look at the roster. And you can't you can't fault the kid from going that high. You know, obviously, a team on front office, the gym, they like the kid for a reason. Um, whether you want to say the kid is good or not, but it's not the kid's fault. You know, so all the kid is trying to do is play football mm-hmm. by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But um, just selfishly speaking, 18, eight, 18 me on down. Because I know after 18, <laughs> hey. I know after 18, it's, we talking about playoff teams. Either they got, mm-hmm. you know, bumped out the playoffs real early or they barely squeezed in the playoffs. But um, you're going to a good organization when you want to talk about playoff teams. All right, Ike, let's go across the division. Best AFC North offseason move. I'm going to Cincinnati. And we're talking about protecting the blind side of Kenny Pickett. But in Cincinnati, you bring over Orlando Brown Jr., who has experience protecting Patrick Mahomes' blind side, coming off a Super Bowl win. I think Cincinnati's trying to keep its Super Bowl window open. What better way to do that to protect their investment in Joe Burrow, who – I think we both think it's going to be like a $60 million man per year uh, whenever he gets his new deal. So investing in Burrow, bringing in Orlando Brown Jr. is 
my offseason move because you're protecting against the Miles Garretts of the world, the Alex Highsmiths of the world. You're protecting your investment, and that is Joe Burrow in bringing in Orlando Brown Jr. for Cincinnati. No, that's a heck of a move. Outside of Pittsburgh, I got to go with signing Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens, mm-hmm. and how monumental um, that was not only as a black quarterback, but um, just signing without an agent. You know, letting his mom be an agent, letting his mom get that 3%, I think it wound up coming to $6 million. So here you go, mom, take that. Um, standing firm on what standing firm on what he believed, and he believed in himself. He bet on himself, and he did it in an unorthodox way, Mark, um, especially at that position where everybody have top-notch, um, the Lee Steinbergs of the game when they're going to come down to that quarterback. Shout out to Lee Steinberg for coming on the show a couple of times. Um, superstar agent, Hall of Fame agent, we would like to say. So when you when you when you look at what Lamar has done, um, not only doing it by himself, taking care of his family, just really believing in himself. And I'm I'm, I'm just glad that the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar got a job done, and they got it done right before the draft. Mm-hmm. You know that was that was that was perfect timing. Um, I'm sure during this process, Mark for Lamar Jackson, he totally understands now the business side of football, the business side. So I think outside of Pittsburgh, that was the best offseason move signed of Lamar Jackson. Ike, and I think about it from this standpoint, right? Like going into the draft, the Ravens had a later pick. If you don't sign Lamar and you're Baltimore, what's your plan? And that was the thing right. where, whether it's free agency, the Ravens would have had to make a trade of some sort if right, you right. don't re-sign Lamar. So – Okay, yes, the lack of playoff success, passing in the postseason. He's still a young quarterback. Now, his effectiveness as a runner, I think, will gradually diminish as he gets closer and closer to 30 years old. But, again, what's your alternative if you're the Ravens and you don't re-sign Lamar? And you could have been talking about one of the worst teams in the league. Now you re-sign Lamar. You revamp the offense and bring in an OBJ and a first-round receiver as well in the draft, and you're going to get another crack at it again uh, to where I expect them to be back in the playoff hunt near the top of the AFC North division again, and he's going to get another opportunity to try to get it done when it matters come January and February, Ike. So, again, if you're not going to bring back the MVP, and look, I know that injuries have been somewhat of a concern the past two seasons with Lamar as well. But if you don't bring back Lamar, like Tyler Huntley's your plan, or like like that's a clear downgrade. So I'm with you there in the sense that yeah, it, it's a premium to pay a player like that. But but if you don't, your alternatives aren't going to be, be any better in actually trying to win a Super Bowl as well. Former league MVP. You just you just don't get rid of them kind of guys. And not to mention, I know it's not like people who know football. Ike will be like, "Well, wins and losses aren't a quarterback. Winning's part. Of, that's how you're judged on your success in the league, whether it's a quarterback stat or not. He has a great win loss record when he is playing. The Ravens are a better team when he's not playing. The Ravens tend to lose. All right, let's take the Ravens out of it. When he's playing, the league is better. The league is more exciting. Yeah, when he, when when he's playing, um, other than Patrick Mahomes, he's right behind Patrick Mahomes from the time they stepped into the the NFL to give their team an opportunity to make the playoffs and have a winning record. Nobody's doing it better than Lamar Jackson, other than P. Holmes. 
So when you just look at his win loss ratio, uh, ain't nobody doing it better. And it's a lot of good. I mean, Joe Burrow ain't, ain't even doing it better. Wins losses. Um, Josh Allen ain't even doing it better. Wins losses. Justin Herbert ain't doing better than wins losses than Lamar Jackson. The only person you can say right now is Patrick Mahomes. But just take the the Baltimore Ravens out of it when Lamar Jackson is playing. He's just good for the league in general. Mike, speaking of Josh Allen, we get breaking news here on Believe in Steelers this morning. Josh Allen will be the cover athlete of Madden 24. This surprises me a little bit. I thought it might be Jalen Hurts. I thought Justin Jefferson was in the mix. Um, I knew it wasn't going to be Mahomes because Mahomes has been on the cover multiple times in the past. Uh, Last year was John Madden uh, in commemoration of the legendary coach. Um, I'm a little bit surprised, but it is a quarterback league. Uh, personally, I thought Micah Parsons could be deserving, but in a quarterback league, I can't say that I'm super surprised. I guess I just thought it might be Jalen Hurts instead of Josh Allen, but, um, we now know who the cover athlete's going to be. We just found that out just a few minutes ago. They just revealed that Ike. Yeah, Josh. I mean, Josh, another one, you know, another, another Lamar Jackson, like, when it's just fun watching Josh Allen play because he can do a little bit of both. He can sit his butt in the pocket and throw a dart or throw a deep bomb. Or if he just feel like running a, a, a DB over with, that's exactly what he's going to do. So, um, I mean, the league is in good hands. And to have Josh Allen on the cover, shout out to Josh Allen uh, yes. getting on the cover of Madden 24, um, year one, in a, in a billion who could never say they was on a Madden cover. Um, not too many people say they can play in the league. Um, very few people in the world can say they ever been on a Madden cover. And Josh Allen is one of them. So you want to talk about hitting rare air? That's Josh Allen. So shout out Josh Allen for making the cover of Madden 24. I thought Aaron Rodgers could be a possibility, Ike. And now that he's with the Jets... Uh, I thought that he's kind of like the the black sheep of the NFL, if you will. Right. Like, um, I also, you know, think about it from the Steelers' standpoint. Um, the only possibility I think would have been maybe T.J. Watt, but coming off a season where he battled injuries, T.J. Right. Watt would need to put up like a thirty piece now. A.B. has been on the cover before. Troy was on the cover back when you were a player. And Larry, I think it was him and Larry Fitz. Gerald, I think that was the co. They two-timed that, so it was him and Fitz mm-hmm. on a Madden cover. Um, <clears throat> I mean, to be honest, if you want to go defense, I know you said Michael, but Sauce could have been on the cover too if you want to th- throw him in the hat as well. Sauce mm-hmm. going to the corner cornerback from the New York Jets. He just got that – uh that personality and that swag. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, he's just dripping. He's just dripping sauce every time he walk. He leave a trail of swag sauce. So um, he could have been up there in that hat as well, especially on the defensive side. We got to get sauce maybe another year or two Mm because coming off his rookie year, Ike. uh, And that's why I thought Justin Jefferson could be a possibility because I think it's a possibility Jefferson goes for 2,000 yards this season. He'd be the first receiver to ever do that in a single season, Ike. So I think there's a possibility. He, he I think he's that talented as a playmaker. 
uh, at the receiver position for the Vikings. So uh, that, and he's got the, the cool goggles that he wears as well, like pregame. Uh, there's only a handful of players that would have enough swag to do something like that. I think it's like the, the spy kids goggles. He was rocking pregame uh, right, right. in a game before last season in the 2022 season. Hey, them boys different, man. This, this young generation, man, they, they, I mean, uncle prime started all this jury clothes. <laughs> yeah. Uncle, uncle yeah. prime started every last bit of, but these, these kids take it to a whole nother level. They, they put the jury store, the jewelry store on in the game. Whether it's a watch, whether it's chains, whether it's gold tooth, platinum teeth, whatever you want to call it, earrings, man, they dressing to impress on the field. They're not even waiting till they go to a club. They doing that all on the field. So uh, this generation, when you want to talk about swag, Mark, and of course, JJ Justin Jefferson, he definitely got it. He definitely got it. He got swag on and off the field. But when you got a balance like how he have, when he got more swag on the field than off, that's saying a lot. And I wouldn't be surprised either, too, that he go for 2K when it comes down to receiving mm-hmm. yards. Because last year, with the new offensive coordinator, they were just figuring out how they wanted to use them, and they used them in, in various ways, Mark, inside and out. This year, it's going to be even better for J.J. Yeah, and congrats to Josh Allen in all seriousness, too. Correct. Right? I Correct. see if the Bills can get it done in the playoffs or not, and – We've talked about this before. It's kind of the lack of running game that's been more of the detriment for Buffalo than, right. well, you know, clock management a few years back yeah. against the Chiefs. We don't need to relitigate all of that. Uh, speaking of the Bills, though, Ike, DeMar Hamlin getting back on the field, uh, participating in OTAs for the Bills. This is a welcome sight for me, Ike. I hope he has a healthy, productive season for the Bills. And just considering everything that happened uh, after he collapsed on the field on Monday night football against the Bengals last season to see him back out there to see the number three. Uh, I know it's a padless practice and everything, Ike, but um, kudos to him. And I hope he has just a great season for Buffalo. I'm rooting for this guy. What a story. What a story in DeMar Hamlin, you know, um, Pittsburgh kid, um, a very unselfish human being. Mark, a guy who, when you when his teammates talk about him, he always thinking about others. He ain't never thinking about himself, uh, let alone he was trying to raise some money for his community because that's all he liked to do. He just liked to be in his community and, and help see his community grow. Um, it happened in a way that he didn't want it to happen, but it happened in a way that God had the story written out for him. And... Since that incident, um, it has brought a lot of light to his foundation and his charity. Um, consequently, it had to happen that way. But, you know, when a good man um, writes his story, he puts your story to the side. You know, that's that, and that's how I look at it um, from my perspective when it comes down to, you know, DeMar Hamlin. Um, him coming back on the field is just a, a testament not only to him, but to the whole medical staff at Cincinnati and their quick awareness on exactly what they needed to do. Um, they didn't waste a second on, on helping this young man uh, getting back, um, restoring his life on the field, getting to the hospital. Um, so we, we got to give a huge shout out to that medical staff 
um, that restored Demar Hamlin's life, Mark. Because if it was any other place, ain't no telling if we would be talking about Demar right now and his comeback, him getting back on the field. So, yeah, the good man always got something in store. And Ike, the name is Denny Kellington. He is the assistant athletic trainer for the Bills, who is credited in helping save Demar Hamlin's life. So, go. tremendous story. Something I think is going to be in Hollywood, whether it's a Netflix show or a movie at some point in time. Yeah. Um, tremendous, tremendous stuff there. I, what I wanted to ask you about from the player perspective was, is what, what is it like seeing your teammate back on the field when that same player suffered a season ending injury the year before? What's that like seeing your teammate again, back healthy on a, on a football field? Not, I've never seen nothing in, in, in DeMar, uh, sure. ever. That was my, me, me watching it. I was like, Whoa, I can only imagine. Um, it, that, that's, that's putting a lot of second thoughts in a lot of guys when it comes down to football, especially when you, when you live and you see that in person, you know, but just seeing teammates come back on the field. That's just how we built Mark. Like we, 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 and you don't even think twice about it. You know, when I broke my forearm, when I broke both of the bones in my forearm, you know, um, all you want to do is just get back on the field. You're, 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 you're not worrying about nothing else, man. I, I just want to get back with my guys. That's all you think. I just want to get back on the field. I just want to get back to the locker room. I want to get back on my routine. I want to get back to the guys. Outside of the football locker room, you know, it's, you know, that's when the stories come. And, you know, look at this walking miracle. Oh, man, this guy that came back. When I broke my phone, I came back in like eight weeks. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a year, it's a year healing. So, but you don't even think twice about coming back on that field. You know, that's just something you've been doing since you were small. So injuries to a football player, um, to the average human being, um, you break something, you know, that's, that's eight to 12 weeks for an everyday person. For us, you break something, you have surgery, you come back in a week or two, four weeks max. And that's just how we're wired. You know, we're just wired differently when it comes down to injury. So, um, but that was that was more, that was bigger than the injury for DeMar. Um, that's, losing, that's losing his life. So I can only imagine um, his teammates seeing him back on the field. And his story isn't finished. You know, he's gonna play. Um, I personally think he's going to be very successful. And, you know, five to eight years from now, uh, the story will come out. You know, the movie will come out on this miracle kid on exactly what happened and how his NFL season um, career, I'm sorry, wind up being. And I think that's going to be a, a, a heck of a story for DeMar. There's going to be a play, a sequence, a moment he's involved in, Ike, that, We'll look back on what happened this past season, collapsing on Monday Night Football to where he'll be back on a field contributing in some sort of capacity that is going to be significant. I, I'm manifesting this right now. It's just something I genuinely believe, Ike. Um, we could talk about several other things, Ike. We have time for one more topic today. I know you're getting back from South Bend, Indiana. 
You and your son visited Notre Dame. Congrats to Ivan Taylor getting a scholarship offer to play at Notre Dame. I'll give you the floor, Ike, uh, in terms of whatever you want to talk about with your visit uh, there. Uh, I saw the picture on your social media. It looked like both of you had a great time there yeah, at man, Notre Dame. You know, just going up there, I'm like, man, I don't feel like going to Notre Dame. Notre Dame in the middle of nowhere. I don't even know what flight to catch. Do I go to Midway or do I go to Chicago? What did you end up doing? So we wind up flying to Midway and driving okay. to Notre Dame. Um, and once, like, you hear all the stories about Notre Dame and mm-hmm. the history behind Notre Dame, and you're like, all right, man, whatever. Until you actually get on Notre Dame Boulevard and you see that 20, 23.9 goal uh, plated cathedral sitting up there and you see the trees perfectly lined up on that one little road and that's when the history hits you that's when that's that's when you know like all the myth all the hype all the history yeah it's for real it's for real so when you when you walk Notre Dame is like a different planet bro It's like it's like it's like a different planet. Once you get once you get on Notre Dame Boulevard and you ride into campus, you didn't hit a whole different world. And I've been taking trips with uh, my son Ivan with these recruiting trips, and we hit we hit we hit some a few Power Five schools, Mark. But it was just something about the history of Notre Dame. Um, it's something about Coach Free too. Coach Free, good dude, down to earth. Um, I saw, and I was telling Coach, I was telling Coach Free um, when they hired him, um, I saw that video because they didn't announce to the team who they hired. Mm-hmm. And when Coach Free walked into their room, you can just see a huge sigh of relief from the players. Like, yes, I'm so glad y'all picked Coach Free. And that's what I told Coach Free um, for me just looking at it afar. I said, Coach Free, I knew you was the one because when you walked into that room, I just saw the player's body language. And I think they were more excited to see Coach Free than Coach Free actually knowing he was going to be the Notre Dame head coach. So when I saw that, I said he the one. And then when they start off losing their first two games mm-hmm. and they wind up hitting like a, a six-game win streak, and wind up losing two more, but they wind up winning. I think it was the Chick Fil A bowl game. Yeah, it they was nine and four. Ike, I got you here. It was the Gator Bowl and the win over South Carolina. But please continue. Yeah, yeah. So when when I when I saw that, then when you sit down, we sat down, and his assistants, um, we sat down. It had to be like an hour and fifteen minutes in the office, just talking, and I was very impressed. My son was very impressed. Uh, the free safety coach, the safety coach, Coach O'Leary, he took a liking to Ivan ASAP. I mean, as soon as he stepped on the field, got into the drills, he he locked in, he keened on Ivan. And Ivan just felt that in- energy and keened right back with him. So um, and you don't you don't you you don't get to see that often. But when when you listen to these stories, uh, when you listen to the players tell their stories, uh, the players don't have dorm rooms for the players they interact with. You know, the average kid that go to Notre Dame and go and going to Notre Dame, you can't be average. You know, we talking about 4.2, 4.4 GPAs coming out of high school. 
and you just never know who you might run into. You might run into a hedge fund kid. You might run into John Bon Jovi's son. Um, you just uh, <laughs> a, a, yeah. a Forbes a Forbes five hundred um, kid. You just never know. But all that's walking into Notre Dame. Um, that myth is for real. That vibe is for real. That spirit is for real. Um, it's a totally different planet, Mark. It's, it's totally different. It's, 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 it's unique. It's way more different than any other Power 5 school or my son and I, sometimes his mom, have went to. It's all the way different, Mark. You, you, you have to. It's a tour. You, you, you got to go to Notre Dame and be like, I, I don't care what college you went to. I went to Lafayette, Louisiana, Raging Cajun, proud alone. But me stepping onto that Notre Dame campus, you got to take a tour. Just, just, just the presence, just the feel, just to walk around. And strategically, geographically, how they built that, that campus, I, I'll, let, I'll let the people talk about that. It's, it's very unique, Mark, very unique. This was your first time visiting, Ike? Yes, correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Well, Don't be my last. <laughs> what, what was like the most impressive thing that you saw there in terms of the, the facilities and just everything that you took in? Obviously, meeting with Coach Freeman, taking over for Brian Kelly, who's now at LSU. But what impressed you most, Ike? Man, that the way they built the stadium for that stadium to look at the yeah. building. They got a building called Touchdown Jesus. And it's, yeah. it's, it's just like the the open part of that stadium when you're on the field and you look at it from the north all the way to the south how i'm looking at this camera and you can just see you know touchdown jesus in front of you um but strategically is 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 my i really i really can't describe all, the only word i can say or a few words i can say about notre dame is it's unique one and it's it's on its own little planet and when you leave Notre Dame, you feel like you're leaving a different planet as well. Well, Ike, congrats to your son, you. Ivan, the scholarship offer. Congrats to your family as well, Ike. Um, certainly exciting stuff. So if you want to keep a track of Ike's endeavors, Ike, it seems like you travel quite a bit. We'll make sure we leave your social media information in the show notes um, we had a few topics we couldn't get to on today's show, so we'll have to leave that again for next week. Ike. We've got a very busy off-season. We'll have guests here on the Believe in Steelers show as well. Uh, so keep it here. I want to thank the listeners and the viewers, people taking the time to watch. Please give us a five-star review wherever you're listening to your podcasts, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. On YouTube, please tap that subscribe button as well. Uh, we're going to keep the viewers informed entertained uh and we're going to tell you what happens before it does like i think both you and i have a knack of doing that yo 100 one thing everybody for tuning in um to mark and i believe it's still this podcast uh make sure y'all give us a five piece that means a five star uh gotta thank everybody behind the scenes for just rocking with us gotta uh give a huge shout out to betonline.ag from being with us since day one um want to thank all the viewers for tuning in Whenever y'all got time and, and viewing Mark and I on this uh, luxurious show that we do uh, throughout the week. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks so much for taking the time to watch Believe in Steelers. We'll see you next time. Until then, take care. So long, everybody. Peace.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.